Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. Yo, what up, everyone? Welcome into a brand new episode of Snaps, April 18th. Can I interject here? Whoa. Yeah. Aaron, literally all set up. (laughs) I knew it. I knew it. I could tell from his cutoff head. (laughs) What did he do, bro? He just moved himself, literally after saying, I'm not going to move. This is where I'm going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh! Ryan Brumley doesn't have enough on his plate. He's got to deal with QB1's BS. Uh, look, sorry oh, for the I'm late my, I'm not going to be in my home studio at 154. What are we talking about? <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Look, look. QB1 um, in the house. Let's keep it honest with our listeners today. I don't think it's been a banner pre-production day for snaps, okay? <laughs> um... I I currently I started watching Succession, or at least I watched like episode three last night, and somewhere in episode three of the first season, um, I something clicked in my brain, and I've become fully uh, obsessed. Where I am using every waking minute, where I, I I'm not actively doing something like on my phone. I'm like I'm like just trying to watch all of Succession. So so I granted I've got a lot of notes here, but I do not have nearly the amount that I normally have because I too have sacrificed prep time at the feet of Royco and Logan Roy and the rest of the insanely broken mm-hmm. family. Um, so that's on my end. Uh, I don't know exactly what's going on with Aaron, but it sounds like it, it, for some reason he's at the UGA football facility. Um, he, he doesn't, he did ask us a minute before the show started. What are we talking about? <laughs> lied about where um, he had to be for amp today. I, I don't think that. What do you mean? What do you mean? Amp, I lied. I said I couldn't make it. What did I say for amp today? <laughs> Uh, I don't think that Aaron actually read any of the articles that we will be talking about today. That so we're getting some raw reactions. For an, uh, good. Login for you yep. guys to have. Yeah, that is true. Oh, did you really? That that is very yep. nice of you. The hands-on Listen, balls boys. password gave it away. Uh, yeah, 
but uh um, let's do a show no, let's have some and, fun. Well, and then and then and then and then also and then and then i don't know what was going on in brub's it just now now brub probably has the most viable excuse given that he's got like a million things going on at once all the time but then he was like i need a couple minutes to start the show so full disclosure no, I, well that's because all of the title and the thumbnails was is georgia in trouble and aaron's literally from the facility Oh, okay, well, it's okay. perfect because I have the inside scoop from the yep. from the facility, so it could have been. I do. I do feel kind of bad, nicely. like like actively like shitting on Stetson in Georgia. Like, wow, you're you know they're letting you use the facility. That's a little. That's a bridge too far. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. let's see how much shitting actually takes place. I'm not entirely convinced that there's gonna be a lot of shitting going on. We'll we'll, we'll see which way. The conversation ends up taking us. Look, the bottom line, y'all. Um, Blake Wall says, I was worried there was no staff today. I was going to be forced to watch Joel Klatt's top 50 prospects video instead. If that is a real video, oh. that sounds fucking awful. And not because that of is Joel a real Klatt. Video. Not because oh. of Joel Klatt. I do not mean it that way. I just can't fathom watching a top 50s prospects video. I, I just don't know that I care so much. Give me the hits. Give me the big, bright, shining stars, the guy that we're going to talk about. And then they suck. You know, we can forget about it later on. Um, also, so, okay, so look. And, and you know what else sucks? Today's actually going to be a bit of a quick episode as well. So, look, this is a daily podcast. We try to bring our A game every day. Um, some days you just fumble the bag. This may be one of those days. Let's see where the combo goes, okay? Before we make some calls too early, okay? I think we're gonna have a great show. Let's let's. I let's, think we're gonna have a great show too. Save judgment for the end. Jesus. Uh, Hot Billy will T Bob wrestle Mincy for charity. That would be incredibly unfair to my guy Ben Mintz. Never forget this. Um, ben Mintz was my gambling guy on our radio show before. He was at Barstool, okay? Me and him bonded over some um, illicit activities many years ago at Mardi Gras. Megan making money was my gambling girl before uh, she was at Barstool. So um, what can I say? I've got a latent eye for talent. When did you uh, go to Barstool, I guess, is the next question. Jake, even Jake Crane was on our show back in the day as our sec guy before he started doing this and now has gone on to the uh to the uh uh what is he on uh the the royco site uh the wire, Daily wire. The wire? yeah yes yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. working for old benny shapiro and, and boys um all right all right whatever well, i don't know what i'm talking about let's get into the show Thank you to the volume for having us here. I'm T. Bob Air. He's Aaron Murray. This is Snaps. If you like the show, hit the like button on the video. Share it with your friends. Rate or review it wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right. Um, Stetson Bennett is back in the news. Very appropriate that you're at Georgia Day, where it's like mm. talking about Vietnam with a man whose boots on the ground in Vietnam. Um, the most recent news cycle has not been terribly kind to Stetson Bennett. And, and this comes from a um, Atlanta Falcons slash Georgia Bulldogs website. Uh, and I love this sentence because it is kind of a nothing sentence, um, but it's kind of talking shit, right? It says, quote, it is now being suggested that Bennett, who skillfully guided Georgia to back-to-back -back national championships while winning two MVP trophies, throwing for a combined eight touchdowns and no interceptions in the two title games, might go undrafted in this month's NFL draft. So I got to it's now being suggested that he might go undrafted in this month's draft. Um, perfect way to stir up drama here. Perfect way to get people talking. But there does seem to maybe be a bit of legitimacy here, right? We all trust the books, right? We trust uh, Las Vegas. Is that, is that fair to say? Like, we feel like yeah. they have a pretty good beat on things most of the time. 
Well, the odds, they are a-changing. Uh, via DraftKings right now, the odds of Bennett going undrafted are the best odds you can get, plus 125. He's plus 300 for the seventh, plus 300 for the sixth, plus 400 for the fifth, 700 for the fourth, and then it's not even mentioning uh, – it's plus 10,000 for the first. It's not going to happen, right? So, like – so. Um, I like I, at first when I read that sentence, I was like, okay, this feels like somebody reaching a bit, but I don't know, Aaron. Those odds tell me that maybe there's a little more substance to this smoke than I would have initially guessed. What are you hearing, or do you have any uh, opinions on whether or not Stetson Bennett is uh, going to get drafted come next week? I think he'll get drafted. He's too experienced. He's he's talented. You know, you read numerous articles like that one. It says like, yeah, he's a top six quarterback in this NFL draft. And, and I think the thing that gives me reassurance that he is going to get drafted is because you may see five quarterbacks taken in the first 20 picks of the NFL draft. So, like, if that happens, teams are going to start picking quarterbacks pretty rapidly that next tier. I mean, let's go first tier. Bryce, CJ, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, and then if Hennon Hooker sinks into the first round, all of a sudden you have six rounds, you're telling me, that you're not going to see another three or four quarterbacks taken off the board and Setson's not going to be one of those next three or four guys. I think you're crazy to think that. The one part of that that article, I believe it's the same article that was was said, was what I've talked about when it comes to Chase Daniels before. It talked about his personality as a backup quarterback. I think yeah. that is what everyone is concerned with. When they sit down and meet with him, the thing that makes Stetson so good and made him a great college quarterback is his, his belief in himself. As an individual player, he's always believed that he should have been the starting quarterback at Georgia. I'm the guy, I'm the guy, just gave me my chance, I'm going to go do my thing. He kind of carried himself like that, which turned out to be great because he needed that confidence to go out there and, and, and win two championships. The problem is you can't have that personality when you're a fifth-round draft pick and the guy ahead of you or two spots ahead of you is making $30, $40, 50000000 million. you yeah. got to walk in there as, as a, a servant-like mentality saying, what can I do for you? What do, what can I watch the blitzes? Can I watch third downs? Can I watch red zone? They are concerned about that. Will he be the type of backup quarterback? Because that's going to be his role. That will have that servant like mentality, putting QB one first, and then if his time comes, then he'll be ready. But you can't you, you can't act like that being a second or third string quarterback. Yeah. So look, I, I I agree with you that I find it a bridge too far that he won't get drafted. Um, yes. I read a great quote today that was basically talking about how when it comes to the NFL draft, you have two boards. You have your you know your 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 like overall draft board, and then you have your quarterback board. So like you said, as these QBs start getting snatch up, guys start to get overdrafted. So I like I just cannot fathom that in the sixth or the seventh, when those draft picks barely mean anything anyway that you wouldn't take the quarterback that has won uh, the last two national championships while being MVPs. He's been so good in these big moments. Blake, uh, is yep. this realistic? Uh, Aaron here, Blake Walsh in chat. If Stetson drops to sixth or seventh round, does he tell teams not to draft him so he can pick his spot? No. That would feel no, like somebody's supremely um, confident, but I can't fathom that any agent would say, hey, this is a viable thing to do. <sighs> no, no, no. You want to get drafted. Like, there, there's – you know, there's still something special about getting called. You know, matter no matter when you get picked. I mean, let's let's just think about this. Stetson two years ago, the story of Bennett was a walk-on quarterback who would have never, at that point of his career, ever dreamed about getting a call from an NFL team saying, "So and so, this is the GM from whatever, 
and yeah. we're going to select you with the what? Like that's a dream come true. Like that that that's a call. I, I still remember looking out at my phone and seeing Kansas City, Missouri, not Kansas City, Kansas, yeah. Kansas City, Missouri, and being like, oh damn, I'm going to Kansas City. Like there's a moment like time like stops and like your heart stops like this is this is awesome. So like you want to still be drafted regardless if it's first or seventh. And, and, and for him, this is the hard part once again because if he does get drafted somewhere in that sixth or seventh round, I think it puts even more of a chip on his shoulder, which for him is going to make him want to work hard, but also may make him that stone cold killer that I don't know if I want him in the locker room, in the quarterback room being like that either though. Yeah, I um, it's it's funny that you say that because I guess everything in life is relative. Because I remember getting an undrafted free agent call as I was painting miniatures, and uh, when I hung up the phone, yeah, I think I, I immediately started crying, Such a uh, tears of joy. Yeah, look, man, I was you know you're a little anxious. Uh, is it gonna come? Is it not gonna come? You're not sure. A great way to pass time. Some people go hunting. I was painting my black templar dreadnought. Okay. And then I got the call and uh, yeah. And then I remember breaking down in tears. So it, it is an unforgettable moment. I, I don't think you pass up be drafted. Okay. So we both agree he's going to get drafted. Actually, if we really yeah. agree that then pretty good value to be had with this plus 300 in the sixth and seventh round. Like, right. I mean, yeah. if you, you could, you could put yeah. the same amount of money on. I still think you go ahead of that money. I plus still 400. Think in the, okay. Where, where would you place the bet then? Cause we're looking at plus 400 in fifth plus 700 in the fourth. I think he's somewhere. I think he's somewhere fifth or sixth. I think he's fifth okay. or sixth round. Yeah. All right. Because you, um, you, so this is this is this is a lot of time how it goes. You you see quarterback heavy early, the teams that need a guy, then you kind of get to a break because then everyone's trying to fill out different roster spots, and then you kind of get to the fifth or seventh where teams are kind of looking at okay, what, what's a good value pick? Who's someone that's good in the locker room? Uh, where's the position maybe I need a good backup at? And a lot of times that's a quarter. Everyone always needs quarterbacks. Like what do we, what do we see last year? 60 plus quarterbacks played in the NFL. We had the Mr. Irrelevant play for the San Francisco 49ers. Like the quarterback position, there's never yeah. enough quarterbacks. So I don't care what you have, two, three guys on the roster, everyone's always stack stockpiling quarterbacks. Same thing in college football. So that's when you start seeing more quarterbacks all of a sudden start coming at a pretty fast clip, five through seven. I think that's where he'll end up somewhere around there. Um, but yeah, he's he's going to get drafted. There's there's no doubt in my mind that you will hear Setson Bennett's name called at some point. Okay. Um, so I th there's one quote that I want to talk about with Bennett, and then we can move on. Where I and look from other stuff that I've read and heard, uh, I say heard that I've read from reporting. Um, you know, apparently Stetson took a ton of visits, right? He may not have played in the All Star circuit, but he took double digit visits, uh, with different teams. He did well to comment in pro day. Uh, his uh, interviews with coaches are considered as well. The one thing that I didn't love, remember, we we went over the arrest video. Didn't really think it was all that bad, right? And I refuse no. to accept that teams are actually that freaked out. But I don't love this quote from Stetson, and it does speak to the attitude bit where he says, "quote I understand why that can't happen. I've got an obligation. I'm the fourth. Can't do that if your last name is Bennett." And I mean, you know, I I suppose that makes sense, but it does sound pretty fucking entitled, like. <laughs> it, it, like 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 what you did there like i don't know if stetson actually thinks anything that he did was wrong which again it's not anything too morally reprehensible but uh, you, you know you can't be if 
you can't be so drunk that you're going to just knock on some random people's doors and end up having the cops yeah. called on you. Like that's kind of not good regardless of who you are. Like, I don't care if your last name's mm -hmm. Bennett or a bear or Murray or you're a quarterback or not. That's probably just not something that you should do for like a functional adult life. Right. They don't love that quote, but I think it's much to do about nothing. I think Stetson gets drafted, but why the fuck are we talking about him? Okay. It's time to talk about the big dogs, Bill Connolly. Um, I had an article that was uh, featuring the fatal flaws of each of the four major quarterbacks coming up. And I and to be clear, um, Zach Lynn says, I feel like it's something Aaron did in college too. Look, glass houses, okay? I was a drunk asshole in college. Uh, but, you know, I'm not I'm not occupying. I learned my lesson, yada, yada, whatever. Um, yeah. Bill Connolly has an article. He writes about the fatal flaws of these quarterbacks who are going to be some of the top draft picks. And really what it did to me uh, like what I get out of the article wasn't actually the intention of the article. I don't care about the fatal flaws much. We've already talked about that. It's like size for uh, Bryce Young. It's um, too many picks for Will Levis. It's no accuracy for Anthony Richardson. It's what will CJ Stroud do when he has consistent pressure, blah, 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 blah. Uh, what I took away from it, two things. First off, I would be terrified of taking a quarterback in the top five because it doesn't yeah. actually work out that often. And secondly, I think we need to have a real conversation like you used to in your AP psych classes about nature versus nurture. And do we ignore the environment, the nurture aspect in favor of the nature too much? Because when you look, you've had 18 quarterbacks over the past five drafts taken in the first round, 12 in the top 10. Out of those 12, only Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Justin Herbert are really good. I've been consistently good. Now, Burrow yeah. and Trevor Lawrence will be added to that number. So it is five of the 12. But listen to these other names. Josh Rosen, Zach Wilson, mm. Baker Mayfield, mm. Sam Darnold, mm. Trey Lance. Mm. Now, Kyler Murray uh. and Justin Fields is a little more... Mm. up for grabs. More like Justin Fields is up for grabs. I think Kyler is... We kind of know what we got from Kyler. Do you think... So you think that's kind of interesting. You think the story on Kyler is written? I do think I think I think Kyler's like Baker. I think the story's written on Kyler. Um. Okay. Okay. Well. So. Okay. So that just makes us all worse. Then, right? Like, yes. it's fucking hard to draft the right guy. Now, it is interesting that two of these people that flamed out so badly and Rosen and Wilson, or excuse me, Darnold and Wilson, where did they both get drafted? The New York Jets, who have been a complete shit show of an environment. So the question, and and and, and this is something that I feel very passionately about in other facets of life, right? Just from a sociological perspective. I, th I think we always give people too much credit for having some sort of uh, innate talent versus like, oh, you were just in a really good situation. And I can say yeah. this because I'm the beneficiary of nepotism. I was in an incredible situation, right? I had a silver spoon upbringing. I never struggled for anything. I would never have gotten my first radio job if it wasn't for who my father was. Like, like I have... I know how this shit works because I have lived it. I have had opportunity created due to none of my own um, making. And and so I want to look at it from that uh, environment standpoint. And I want to ask two questions. First, Aaron, who do you think is the best NFL environment to land in of the teams that are going to draft a quarterback? And who will most struggle to be out 
of their college environment, right? Because that's somewhere where suddenly maybe you look at Anthony Richardson a little more kindly and maybe you become a little more worried about C.J. Stroud, who basically had perfection around him 24-7. Whereas Anthony Richardson yep. had multiple coaches, drama, guys leaving, guys staying, like a lot, a, a lot more to have to overcome. Let's start with the NFL. Aaron, out of these teams drafting a quarterback, who do you think um, – who, who do you think is the best landing spot? I, I like two. I like two a lot. I don't like one so much. Yes. So we're talking about here. We're talking about Houston, Indianapolis, Seattle. I like Seattle a lot. I do think if there's a team that goes in for Seattle and, and you have a spot to back up Geno with Pete Carroll there, I think that's a great spot for someone to end up. I think Tennessee is another team that, that's quarterback needy. I like Tennessee as a possible landing spot as well. Um, yeah, I would go no, Tennessee. I'm talking about, I'm and, talking about, no, no, I'm talking about the big dogs. Though. I'm talking about who's going to be drafting, you know, out of the guys who are realistically going to draft uh, the the big four: Stroud, Young, Levis. Um, like, 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 which one of those? So, so I'm I'm looking at the Texans. I'm looking at Carolina. I'm looking at Indy. Who am I missing? Yeah, but I think Tennessee is a chance to get into that top ten too and draft one of them as well. Oh, okay, okay, my and bad. So okay. and so does Seattle. And so does Seattle. All of them are yes. in the top ten. That's why I was like, I like Seattle, I like Tennessee. I think those are two spots in the top 10 where even Tennessee, you know, has been rumored at times to maybe trade up in the draft to get someone as well. So, like, those would be my two top landing spots. You know, Carolina's had success recently. You know, they've had success with Cam Newton. You know, I wouldn't be shy there. I, honestly, I would not want to go to Houston. You know, when's the last time Houston has had consistency at the quarterback spot? You know, Deshaun was there, but, you know, you know, just it's it's just been a, a – a, franchise that has not had success really at all in, in his existence. Yeah. So I'd, I'd, I'd shy away from there. Indy's had good quarterbacks and good quarterback play. And now you got a new coach who obviously mm -hmm. did wonders with Jalen. I would not shy away from Indy. So I, 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 you know, if I had to rank them, you know, those five, so like those are five of the top 10, I think are going to draft a quarterback or have the potential to draft, move up, move around, maybe, you know, maybe get one of them. You know, I'd go Seattle one, I go Tennessee yeah. two, Indy three, Carolina four, Houston five. That's how I would rank my five for teams that I would want to land at. JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with powerhouse college athletics. UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches' play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals, JLabs joins the action and connects with 182 million-plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. 
Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I agree with the ranking, except I would actually put Indy 2. And I might be being a sucker here. But uh, first off, I love the makeup. Like, I thought Indy was going to be good last year with Matt Ryan. Now, they weren't, but, yes, like, I like the offensive line. I like the running back room. I like the team as a whole in Indianapolis. I like the winning tradition of the franchise. One thing I love that Indy has right now, though, is Shane Steichen. And you may say, oh, but T-Bob, he's never been a head coach. Yeah. And that's completely fair criticism. But the fucking track record with the young quarterbacks and recently yeah. is incredible. He's the one that coached Justin Herbert his rookie year. When he set all yeah. of the rookie quarterback records and on a bad team, like on a team that wasn't great overall, didn't have necessarily the best weapons or anything like that in the NFL. And yet he got the, he got Justin Herbert to have the best rookie quarterback season in NFL history. Um, he's the one that coached Jalen Hurts in that first year of starting where he took this massive step forward. And now last year, of course, became a legitimate NFL MVP candidate, an all pro. So if you're telling me, that I already have a solid roster in a franchise with great winning history. And great fan I'm base. going to, yeah, great fan base. And I'm going to add yep. a quarterback with a guy who just now, like, what have you done for me recently? That's what they always say in the NFL, who just now has brought two very young quarterbacks into the top five, arguably, um, including making one of them the highest paid quarterback in NFL history. I really like. Indianapolis. Yeah. If I if 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 I'm if I'm one of these quarterbacks looking for okay, what environment is going to be best for me? And then obviously, like you said, Seattle kind of speaks for itself. They have dominant defense. Just yep. so, um, I say they have dominant defense. That, that, that hasn't always been true, even though we always they have been very. They've been very, the Legion of Boom is gone a little bit, but they've been one yes. of the more consistent teams in the NFL over the past decade. They're just a consistent Pete franchise. A good, they yes. are. Pete Carroll has brought a lot of consistency. Good football there. You know, Russell had his best best times, obviously there at Seattle, and and still trying to figure out himself this these past couple of years. But you know, the, the other thing, good thing about Indianapolis, 
you know, let's not forget, like you're playing indoors. Like that's, that's, yeah, that's pretty true. big, you know, and in today's game where it is a lot more throwing the football, you know, we've seen it through, across all the levels. If you can control the elements, I mean, there's a reason why Peyton Manning threw 50 plus touchdowns a year. He's really good. He's really smart. Yes. But like never for half the season, more than half, because you had to play in Indianapolis too. You had to play in Jacksonville, which is usually great weather. You didn't have to worry about snow. You didn't have to worry about crappy weather. That's that's yeah. That's, you want to talk about controlling it's, it's, the, the variables? Great situation for a quarterback to be in a dome as well. So uh, again, I didn't even considered that. So I really like India as a landing spot. Um, I, I I'm with you. Houston feels like I, I would be so pissed if I was a quarterback. I drive Houston, Ugh. and that's no disrespect to D'Amico Ryan's. I also though look, look at New York and Salah here recently. I don't love a defensive-minded coach getting a big rookie quarterback that he's going to force in immediately. I think they kind of overpressure them. I think they tend to um, – well, I, I I don't think it's always necessarily great for the young quarterback's development. I do like Carolina a lot. We've seen Frank Reich have success with quarterbacks. They got new ownership. They got yep. investment. They've made some very shrewd free agent signings. So, man, you know uh, – I think whoever gets drafted to Carolina is in a great spot. I think whoever gets drafted to Indy is a great spot. I would be terrified of going number two overall to Houston. So now Oof. let's reverse the question. Who had the best environment in college and who will struggle the most when you are suddenly thrown into an even playing field? Well, if I had to rank the four, you know, CJ had the easiest environment. Yes. You know, probably followed by Bryce. Um, you know, Will Levis two years ago had a better environment. This past year was a little bit rough, and then and then you know, I would probably put Anthony. I would actually put Anthony three, and then Will Levis four. I think Anthony had a couple things going for him. He had a good offensive line. Florida had a really good offensive line last year. Yeah, had a great great stable of running backs. Yeah, yeah, great stable of running backs. So like a lot of the errors, if you go back and watch the film, like go back and watch the Kentucky tape, like those were him fucking up. That wasn't um, anything to do with his teammates. That was pure okay. Anthony Richardson just being extremely green and and not extremely ready for the moment. So like I don't think the environment was was great, but I don't think it was also terrible. Like Will Levis had a pretty bad offense line last year. Also, yeah, his star running back was out for the first part of the season with a suspension. True. The receivers were good, but they were young. Um, not a lot of not not a big supporting cast. Not no excuse for him. I still think he's well overrated based on two years of film, but really did not have anywhere near the supporting cast that 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 these other guys have had. So and I think CJ's significantly higher too than Bryce. Like CJ had some yes, studs no, on the I, outside. It, it, sound, it sounds weird though, Bryce, right? Because Bryce, you think of yeah. Alabama. But, yes. but I think you're right. They didn't have it last year though. They didn't have no. it last year though. Alabama did not have the horses. Two years ago he did like Heisen trophy season he had the horses. Heisen trophy season they had dudes on dudes at every position and part of the reason why he won the Heisman. Last year, stepped down the receiving spot, which he's special, man. There's no doubt about it. Like Bryce is physically so gifted. Just he's he's a petite man. He's very very petite. He's just a petite. He is a petite man. Um. So so, but but this is kind of an interesting question, right? Because it does. Uh, like it, it, it does cause as as you look for some chink in the CJ Stroud armor, right? Because there just doesn't appear to be any. Like in in this article with Bill Connolly, like the the fatal flaw, all these other fatal flaws are very succinct because they are obvious. Yeah. Bryce Young is small. Uh, Levis does too many picks. 
Anthony Richardson accurate. Uh, Bryce, uh, CJ Stroud is what will he do with consistent pressure? And that's because, or that, and, and, and that's because, like, just statistically, CJ Stroud is the best of the bunch. He's been incredible. Yeah. But as you mentioned, Aaron, something that we've actually, I've actually learned a lot in doing snaps with you is I think we do overlook sometimes the value of the weapons that you have to throw to. And nobody has had better weapons, nobody for both at wide receiver running back, great offensive line, going against competition that is just not even close to being on your level, right? Now, now this is something I've always called this the um uh I the the kind of Alabama problem, really Alabama paradox. I don't think I've called it Alabama paradox. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Whatever. Sometimes I'm worried about drafting Alabama Peaked. players because they peaked. They peaked. Well, they well peaked. it's not even about it's, it's it's not even about peaking. It's about on any given day this is a team sport where team matters over everything. And as a team, they are markedly more talented than their opponent, right? So the whole yeah. becomes greater than the sum of its parts. When you break it into its parts, you don't always know how those Alabama guys are going to end up doing when they're on the suddenly the, the even playing field. And I really feel that with CJ Stroud out of this uh, quarterback class now, but we do know, Stroud is basically perfect when he's in a great environment. And you look, okay, yep. there's, I mean, Carolina, I would feel pretty good about drafting him. If, if, if I was in Indianapolis, I would certainly feel great about, about drafting him. Um, and, and, and so I guess we kind of arrived back at it where maybe it's just the size of Bryce Young that holds him back, even though he did better in a worse environment than Stroud did. I don't think anyone would, would, and, you know, it's it's. I don't care what environment you come from. Maybe those other guys are more prepared because they can mentally handle. I think that's that's. I think the mental part of the game, honestly, is is going to be the hardest part because a lot of these guys, you know, you have to think from from a small age, from pee wee football to high school football to college, they've always been the best. They've won state championships. They've they've competed for conference championships and national championships. They've thrown for 40, 50 touchdowns. They really haven't had a lot of adversity. Maybe an individual game here or there. Mm -hmm. But not for yeah. an extended season. Will Levis had some adversity this year. Anthony Richardson, like you never. I want my my quarterback to to be a winner. Like I'm not. I don't want to draft some guy. Like oh man, I love the fact that his team was six and six. Like he knows what it means to be a, on a, on a shit team. Like no, I want my guy to be leading a championship team because I want him to know what it means to win a championship and how hard, damn hard it is to get there. But if you are Houston or if you are one of these guys that do get drafted by Houston. And it is a rough year. I would say that they are more mentally able to kind of handle those losses. Like I honestly, I remember my my my, my freshman year. I've never been a part of a losing team my whole life. Never. Freshman year, we're one and four to start the season, Oof. and I'm depressed as hell. I mean, I'm literally I'm depressed. I'm like in the locker room crying like a little baby after the games, just like all sad, like poo poo me. Like I've never been a part of a team like this before. <laughs> it's, it's different. If you've never experienced it before in your life, it can be hard to handle and not saying it's good or not. Cause some of these guys are numb to it because they've already been in that situation, but they may be able to handle kind of the lows of a new coaching staff on a not so good team as yeah. you kind of try to build around a, a rookie quarterback because of the advantages you have on the salary cap. 
That's true. So maybe a little, uh, maybe a little, there's just a little food for thought when it comes to getting more excited. Like, see, these are the type of logic paths that you go down if you're a fan of the team that ends up drafting Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, right? Before you ever get into play, these are the type of conversations that you engage in to tell yourself, oh, well, this is why he's actually going to be the best. Although, as we just pointed out to start this, um, chances are your quarterback's going to suck, right? Like, like probably, you know, maybe one of the four guys ends up being good. It feels like you rarely get two guys from the same class. Um, who, hmm. I, I guess mean, Burrow at, and look Herbert. Look Burrow at, look and at, Herbert would be two guys the same class. Burrow Herbert. I mean, look at, I mean, Andrew Luck and RG3, both of them were out of the league within, what, seven years. Uh, yeah. Carson Wentz, Jared Goff. Jared Goff is, 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 you know, he had hey, a hell of a year last year, but Carson's kind of kind of golf boys, bit. dude. I'm kind of a yeah. no. Carson's done. Carson Wentz went from somehow, yeah. again, I think it was MVP, yeah, to to Big Dick Nick taking his spot and then just completely mentally losing it. It's incredible. God, what a great nickname, right? I mean, <laughs> everybody just like your 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 literal nickname and reputation is all centered around how well endowed you are. Um, also, that information has never been countered. No, uh, no. No, because it's true. Like, like that doesn't gain all the steam. Oh, you were. Wait, what? Oh, so like I said, <laughs> boots on the ground reporting. It's like Aaron's like coming to us live from the jungles of Vietnam, uh, live from the showers in Philly. Aaron confirming <laughs> Nick Foles' uh, status. <laughs> uh, look, nicest man. guy you'll ever meet, and I'm I That's truly mean that. Nick Foles is literally yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Dude. Here we go. Dude. Nicest guy you ever meet. What do you it's know? Like, bro? This kid Can can't be that it? nice, but he is. Look, he, I love how he cut out as soon as he started giving the news we didn't want about Nick Foles. That's the second day in a row that he has frozen when he started to lie about something. Yeah. Um, no. No. <laughs> I was saying he's a saint, and it was almost yeah. like this can't be real that he's that nice. No, he, he he gives all. He actually gives off that vibe from afar. Yeah. I, I I would say that. I met Nick Foles when I was doing like the, t the take show circuit, and he was a guest like after the Super Bowl, and he was extremely nice. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. shockingly nice. I mean, uh, you know, I, I find. Um, and I nah, want to hate that's Nick because he's the that. reason why I got cut at Kansas City, but I just can't. Just can't. Wait, why you got cut in Kansas City? Were you all in Kansas City together as well? So Nick was about to retire, and this was heading into my third year. So there's three quarterbacks in the roster. So the roster is pretty much set with quarterbacks. It was me, it was Tyler Bray, and it was it was Alex Smith. So it was like, okay, you know, one of us is battling for two, but the other one's probably going to be three. And then you know, this is like second second week in the camp. Nick's dad, I think, got a hold of Coach Reed. It's like, hey, Nick's thinking about retiring. He's way too young. Like, you know. Can you bring him in essentially? Because of their time back at Philly together. So he brought him in. Wow. And Nick had a great camp. And then Oh, damn. We lost Aaron right at the climax of the story. I love it. As soon as he, he will always clearly lie again. He's not telling the truth. Okay, okay, wait, Aaron, we got you back. So he, he okay, okay. No, this shows this shows an utter disaster. Um, look, we gotta <sighs> call it. Okay, Georgia, Georgia needs to upgrade their their damn Wi Fi. Come on. <laughs> well, we have to oh, go wait. anyway, so yeah, we do have to go. Wait, real quick though, finish the story. They bring Nick in for camp, and what happens? He has a great camp, and then what? Oh, happens? He, balls, he has a great camp. I got cut. There we go. 
<laughs> why was why was your entire quarterback experience so incestuous? Why did Chase Daniel and Nick Foles just follow you around? Couldn't they have let you? Uh, couldn't they let you just be your let own man at a certain point? Yeah, dude. I'm trying to just be a backup for like ten years and make it's money. A very, just leave me very alone. unlucky career I had. Literally, yeah. and like I, everywhere I went, like the two two of the best backup quarterbacks of all time were with, with me. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, like Blake Walter said, you got cut because of a Super Bowl MVP. Keep your head up. Like I agree, dude. That that ain't on you. Um, I got cut for the practice squad other center, Tim. Shout out Tim, though. He was a great dude. Uh, look, we love you. Thank you for hanging out with us here on Stamps. We always see love seeing new faces here. What's up, Jason Stunky? Tell me about it. Five oh four, sneaky Pete, Canes forever. Uh, we're here every day. 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central. If you like it, you can like the post, share it with your friends. Please share the pod with your friends if you like it. Um, and then rate or review it wherever you listen to podcasts. We're going we're gonna to tighten back up. I'm going to get through season one of Succession um, maybe today. We'll see. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with some more snacks. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.